Hi, and welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, your host, Angry Jim, here with co-host Jack Smith. Jack, it's been only two weeks, but it feels like forever since we last hooked up, man. Some shit's gone down since then, so uh, let's talk about it. Oh, shit. Shit has definitely gone down, that's for sure. I mean, the, the Flyers now have three former head coaches behind the bench in Elaine Vigneault, uh, Michelle Terrian, and Mike, God damn it, Mike Yo. Um, what do you make of this? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> when we were talking about coaching targets, I had a list, a pro and a con list, and our head coach is from the pro list, and our two assistant coaches are from the con list. That being said, they are assistants, so I'm not going to lose my mind over it. Uh, to be honest with you, all three of these guys are defensively-minded coaches. I don't know how I feel about that. It's a lot of defense for a position that wasn't exactly very strong for us last year. Maybe they're – I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to become the New Jersey Devils. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, it's, I, I really don't know. I, I don't think they have the personnel they want. So this is going to be a really interesting offseason. The, the, the very first thing this tells me is Comcast, and I, I like this, honestly. They're telling the fans that they're going to spend money. This is all has nothing to do with the cap, so there is no cap. And they're like, yeah, we're going to spend. We now have three head coaches in Philly. You know what I mean? We went from having a nobody with former players and nobodies to three head coaches, like – that's ridiculous. Like, um, Tarion, we know he was with Montreal, I believe, twice. He was with Pittsburgh. He's been uh, up and down through the playoffs. Vigneault, he's got two trips to the Cup. And even Yao, I believe, was an assistant with the Stanley Cup winning Penguins team. Um, so, you know, he got a lot, a lot of experience on these teams here. That's to my understanding. Obviously, Vigneault is the head coach. Um, Tarion will do the defense. Yao will do the power play and here's the biggest news of them all though jimmy we're burying the lead we don't even realize it uh knoblock was left was let go stevens will return to the phantoms but in la perriere is somehow some way still the penalty kill coach what does this guy have to do to get fired it, I mean, it must be because he's French Canadian. I can't think of any other reason why. Like, I mean, what what is it there? I mean, did they want to leave somebody around for some familiarity, or uh, you know, because what this whole you know regi- regime regime say that word for me regime? He got it last time. <laughs> right. This whole change behind the bench. Uh, you know, they had guys like Hackstall, Knobloch, uh, Laperriere. Uh, who else just got let go? They had a guy like Stevens up as a uh, head coach. Well, they had um, they had this. They brought a defensive guy out of retirement, so he just went back to retirement. I think they figured he was going. He was running the defense after they let uh, Gord Murphy go. Oh, uh, Wilson, that's right. Wilson, okay. Rick Wilson, yeah. So that was kind of a hacksaw thing. So yeah, so the you know the only two good names you know I don't they kept the same goaltending coach. Uh, I don't know why you would fire him. The video review guy like he was ever on the chopping block. Like I've never seen anybody more under the microscope than Knobloch and Le Perrier. And the, they let go of one, but not the other. Like, I don't, I just don't understand that at all. Uh, I was surprised Stevens took the job back with the fans. I think that's great for the flyers. I do think he, if he gets offered a job though, he's out of here. 
Um, it's also interesting that the Flyers, Scott Stevens was in Phantoms, and the Flyers got two former head coaches when there's still like three or four coaching vacancies out there right now. Like, yeah, you Buffalo, know, I the same thing there. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, who is it? Buffalo, LA, uh, Edmonton? Like, I, there might, I'm sure there's a couple more. Like, they don't have head coaches yet. And that's, it's just, that's very odd. Like, I don't know how Buffalo doesn't have a head coach right now, but the Flyers have three. You know, and Stevens goes to the Phantoms like he's not even taking a job. Maybe he is. I don't know. But it, that's a little odd. But that means the Flyers definitely dished out some money. I hope it pays off. Um, I'm not I'm not against this. A lot of people were like crying about this. You know, their assistants, they don't have I don't think they have that much influence on a team. Vigneault's the guy we got to be worried about. And I like that signing. I didn't like love it. I liked it, but I definitely didn't hate it. Everybody else is just an assistant. Like I'm not worried about that. They, Yao was good as an assistant. I just the one thing I read was with Minnesota and St. Louis, the power play took a little bit of a dive, and that's what he's in charge of. So hopefully that he's running just the power play. He can focus on that and make it good instead of running everything. Because a lot of a lot of people don't. How do we say this? A, a lot of people don't. They can't run everything. They can run one department, and you know. And I think that was an issue. He was overwhelmed because uh, he was a whiz when he was an assistant. So we'll see. We'll see. He's, you can only really go up from here. The thing that I don't understand is Lapierre. No, and I, and I agree with you there. Um, so when I first saw, you know, Terrian last night, and then uh, Yo today, who I'm really, really not a fan of. Um, the first thing I thought was, man, they're they, like the two. I don't really care for either one, to be honest with you. So when I when I found out about this, I was like, kind of, all right, we just hired. We have two more losers behind the bench, is is what I thought because, uh, like, I don't see when I when I hear Elaine Vigneault, I don't think loser. I think a good coach, maybe not specifically the kind of guy I would want, but he wins, right? So it's tough for me to argue with that. When I found out about Terrian and Yo, I'm kind of like, what? what what's up with this because they're both they don't have really great track records in the nhl like uh yo i don't think won much with the wild he i have right here actually hang on um he had uh, a couple decent seasons but uh he finished fourth he didn't finish any higher than second in the in, in any year in the in the league and um Lost in the second round three times, so he hasn't advanced past the second round. I mean, and you, like to your point, he's only an assistant coach. Um, but I, I was kind of scratching my head when I saw Mike Yo's name. I mean, you know, I said earlier in the off season that if if he's hired as the head coach, I will not watch a game until they fire him. And now he's a friggin' assistant coach, so came pretty close there. We weren't far off. Um, as far as Michelle Terrian, I. I mean, I, I never saw him as a winner, and I'm looking here. Uh, conference semifinals, conference quarterfinals, lost in the Stanley Cup finals with the Penguins to Detroit. Uh, yeah, he, he had a good start with Montreal. When was it? I think it was 16-17. He started out 10-1-1 or 13-1-1 and, and was pretty mediocre for the next 30 or 40 games, and he got canned. Um Coincidentally enough, he, he was succeeded by Claude Julien in both both tenures, um, and pre- preceded by Elaine Vigneault uh, w- with the Canadians. So I, they have uh, 
some familiarity there. I mean, I guess they have familiarity um, if Vigneault is taking him on as an assistant. Um, having said all that, you know, what this, what these moves tell me um, is the Flyers aren't messing around with, with coaching anymore. They're not bringing in these experimental guys, you know, like not, this Knobloch guy. I'd never heard of him before he came with the Flyers or Dave Haxtell, uh from, from college or who else? Give me some other names that they had back there, you know. Like these are proven coaches. Um, what it's showing me is that they have now – leadership behind the bench you know these guys have been around they've been in the league a long time you don't have any more um uh man scott gordon's running around you know what i'm saying uh it's going to be hard to fuck with these guys is 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 my point and i think the flyers are lacking leadership in the locker room as far as the roster um so i'm wondering if this is how fletcher is going about the, the leadership issue here by bringing in these proven guys I mean, I was thinking about that with these young players coming up with Hackstall as the head coach. Yep. It's like he doesn't know what he's doing. These guys are new to the league. Is it really all that shocking that everybody reg- regressed and the quote-unquote young guys he was supposed to be good with didn't blossom into what we thought? Like a lot of just skill, but there was a, a ton of mental mistakes. Like, they just couldn't do the bare minimum what's asked of you, especially the young guys, but he was quick to punish. I think that's part of the reason why he was quick to punish guys that were younger, like Ghost and Sandheim, but let McDonald just continue his antics. And now we're going to see real head coaches with real experience and real success. You know, like, how could these guys, one, not – they're not going to tune these guys out. You know, like, these guys are going to demand respect. And not, like, you know, wag their finger in their face, just their presence alone. Like, they've been there. They've been further than any of these guys have ever been, except for like Drew. But we're not worried about Drew. We're worried about the future of this team. We're worried about the, you know, the Ghosts and the Sandheims and the Myers and the Provorovs and the, you know, the TKs. Like we're worried about them, the Nolan Patricks. Like they're going to look at these guys. All three of these head, well, one was as an assistant, but either way, all three of these guys have been to the show. You know, they've been there. They've been pretty successful for the most part. Where Hackstall was just as new as everybody else with very little, very, very little success. So that's something to look forward to. I hope they respond well to that. I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, like you could very easily tune Hackstall out. Like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, especially with all the Hackstall stuff going on with all the sneaking behind the backs and the, the uh, rats and the reporting behind his back and what have you, you know, this just feels different. It's completely different. I, you, the only the real news to me is that Lapierre's lost job, and we've talked about that at nauseum. That yeah, you, somebody still likes this guy. That's what it comes down to. Somebody still has to like Lapierre. And when you consider how Lapierre played the game, who do you think in the organization still likes him that would keep him through all this BS? It's got to be the top guys. Top. Yeah. Top. Mainly, it's got to be Holmer. When you think of a hard nosed guy, like. No pun intended, but we're using nose. But, you know, Lapierre taking slap shots to the face, you know, playing rough the way he did, like heart and soul. Like, you can see Holgram liking a guy like that. And that's the only way he's managed to keep his job. If this penalty kill stays the same or gets worse and he keeps his job again, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Because you can still blame it on goaltending and some of the personnel. But if 
he's got the goaltending now, and I'm sure he's going to get some more personnel. So if he doesn't turn it around, I give up. I completely give up. Yeah, it should, that's going to be something to watch because that's, that's going to be the only thing as far as coaching that's going to be the same heading into next year. Um, I'm trying to remember if uh, – actually, no, never mind. That's, a, that's too long ago. Lapierre, he did play for the Rangers at some point, didn't he, for, for a brief stint? But Vigneault uh, wasn't there yet. No, that was Vigneault. I remember him with Colorado, but it, before that, I'm, I'm hazy. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean that's the only the only thing um that will be the same behind the bench. You brought up um an interesting point there with uh Giroux um you know being the only guy who you know can can let's say say something to the coaches or whatever, but thinking back like who who has Giroux ever had for a coach like besides Lavi and that was when Giroux basically first came into the league. Like he's had some pretty shitty coaches throughout his career. So I think this is the first time where he's actually going to have somebody where, you know, he needs to like, there needs to be mutual respect, I think. And I wonder, I'm interested to see how things kind of pan out in that locker room because they've had, um, you know, more, I, I don't know if what Giroux is like in the locker room. I'm not sure what Voracek is like. I see what they're like during interviews and things like that. Um, and and they don't they don't come off as guys to me who um, who uh, help me help me out here. What do I want to say? They don't come off as guys who respect their coaches. Do you know? It, well, like, a lot of these these millennials on this team, as you would say, <laughs> right, yeah, no, right? I mean, like so what a, you were saying with the mutual respect. Yes, this is definitely the first time because the, they've only had one other coach where you had that and that was Laviolette and they went to the cup. Like, what does that tell you? You know what I mean? Baruby, you know, he was brand new then. Yeah. He's doing great with the blues now, but he was brand new then. And they just didn't respond to him. Like it just, it just didn't work out. You know, plus the guy was like a long time assistant coach. When the guy gets to bump up, it's kind of hard to, a lot of times the assistant coaches are the guys who come calm you down. Like when the coach yells at you, they're the ones who come in and like, listen, man, like he's just freaking out right now. He's got a lot going on. Your game is good. You just got to work on this, this, and that. It's like a good cop, bad cop routine. So when that guy steps into the role of being a jerk, it's tough to take him seriously. So maybe that's why Baruby didn't work here. But when LaViolette – remember, he was a Stanley Cup winning coach for Carolina, got fired. Flyers brought him on as an assistant. He steps into the role, takes him right back to the promised land. Where you get a guy like Hackstall who who's didn't even coach in the AHL, like there's no mutual respect. Like that's the perfect phrase, you know. So now you got not one but three guys with caliber, Vigneault with the most and leading the ship. If he can sell his system to Drew and Drew can sell it to the rest of the team and everybody falls in line, you can have something. I mean, you still got to add some more talent, but you could have something. And I get where you're getting at, and I, that's pro- I think that's why I like it. I feel like I'm in. I'm in good hands, you know. Yeah, you kind of know. You kind of know what to expect. Like, how many how many years did it feel like we were going through like a project with a coach? You know, um, whereas now it's like, okay, we have some proven guys. Uh, you know, we've seen these faces behind the bench before for the opposing team, um, and, and it's not to say that their teams have been bad. 
um, because they they weren't, but they they didn't have teams that necessarily, um, you know, you weren't afraid of their teams. So you know, anyway, um, I think having the leadership and the experience behind the bench with the Flyers being such a young team is a good thing. I think it's a positive thing, and you know, the, the Flyers didn't they didn't they weren't they didn't cheap out, you know, when it came to getting guys behind the bench. They made right moves. Um, they could have easily went and, and did experimental, you know, BS, you know, bringing this guy from, uh, you know, the WHL or from the whatever the hell league, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. They went proven NHL guys. And, you know, that's what this team needed, you know, no more friggin' experiments, um, no more babying. Like these are NHL players. Um, you know, we, we brought up Hackstall a little bit there and, going from college to the pros, like these kids in college, they're going to be motivated every, for every game, every practice, you know, because for some of them, that's it. You know, they're not going pro or college is the, the highest level they're going to get to. And the other guys, you know, there, there are more levels, like they don't want to just play in college. So they're going to be motivated every game. When you get to be a professional, you're there. There's nowhere else to go. You, you're making your money. Um, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game, you know, you sign a long contract, you're not going anywhere. You know, you, you have to figure out other ways to motivate these players. Um, so that that's why I'm, I'm kind of glad that we have not just one, but two other guys that are familiar with this kind of thing. And, and they're professionals. They're professional coaches is, is I guess, my point. Um, and professionals know how to work with other professionals. Well, not only that, it's – yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to Hacksaw a little bit and the coaching staff now. Like some some coaches are coaches of boys and some are coaches of men. And I don't think Hacksaw was ever a coach of men. And men play in this league. Boys play in college. And these guys that we have now coach men and have serious resumes. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hysterical that Yao still found his way onto the team. But so. I, 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 I can't. It's an assistant role. Like they're overqualified for the roles they have. You know, that's a, not a bad thing. The team is telling us, yeah, we're going to spend where we can. It's, you, how much worse you can do with an assistant coach? I ex- totally expected to get somebody that I never heard of. <clears throat> and we're getting two former head coaches, and people are complaining. The only thing people should be complaining about is Lapierre because he doesn't deserve to have the job. Like this is this is good news, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Could it fail? Of course, anything could fail. But they're showing us that they give a shit, and they're going to do what they can, and they're going to spend money. They're going to get around the NHL. Say, all right, we have to work with your cap, but we don't have to do that with our coaching or our GM or whatever the hell. And they just went balls to the wall and they spent some money. I'm down with that. Assistant coaches come and go. These guys are probably if they do a good job, take a head coaching job somewhere else. Well, so we lose them. Okay, that means they get it, they did a good job while they're here. You know, either way, they have oodles of experience to share with young players. So, do I want to be have my team run by a uh, somebody who's figuring shit out for himself and stunting their growth, or would I rather have them have all these battle hardened coaches who? know what they're doing, have been up and down the league and the different teams and in the playoffs and seen bad times, seen good times and dealt with everything. I'd rather give them that experience and I'm sure they'll they'll blossom into pretty good players regardless of what the record is. Yeah, we want to win right away for the 
the short term and the long term, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. Like, they're solid. Behind the bench, they're solid. I think now um, now they can really shift the focus to what they want to do with the roster. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what else to say about the coaching. They, they didn't jip out. I mean, you know, they went, they went, you were right. You know, they spent money where they could spend money. And, uh, yeah, I mean, now we, you can definitely look forward. And, and you brought up, you know, defensive-minded coaches earlier. And um, I, know, I know a lot of people like offense. I like offense. But, uh, you know, they, I think we mentioned earlier in, a, in another show, um, they have a rookie goaltender. He's only 20. He's going to be 21, I believe, next year. Um, they have to find ways to protect him because he's not going to be good all the time, as we saw you know, uh, some points during last year's season. Um, you know, he's he's going to be – he's a phenom. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a Vesna candidate. Um, but they need they need some kind of defensive structure um, to where they're not going to uh, wear him out already. So I'm, I'm cool with the defensive mindset. I'm interested to see what kind of system they implement, what kind of guys they bring in to help um, implement this. And uh, I think if I mean I'm going to assume that Carter Hart's going to be the same player he was last year. I think he's in for a big year. I, I certainly hope so. It's tough. It's it's almost like going to be a sophomore season for him, even though he only played half last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think it is smart to take care of your goalie, especially when you have so many high hopes for him. Uh, the only thing is with that, everybody being so defensive minded, you know, your offense still comes from your defense. And I'm, I'm just curious how they're going to make that work. Um, the other thing this, these coaching signings tell me is I think we're going to see some trades. I do think that we'll at least acquire one player from Minnesota, uh-huh. if, if not another player that at least coached or played under Terry. And I wouldn't say Yao. He was barely there. And you could lump him in with Minnesota. But I, I would assume that if they get somebody, it's a Fletcher guy, not a Yao guy. Um, as far as a Terry and Irvin Yoga, I could see that as well. I don't know what the positions would be. My guess would be if it's Minnesota, names that pop up would be, you know, Spurgeon, Zucker. Um, I don't think Spur- – I would love to have Spurgeon. I don't think that happens. Uh, Brodeen is possible. Suter's contract's a little too high. Uh, Dumba's un- probably untouchable. Uh, so, like, being involved in rumors. Um yeah, Girardi's been brought up for um, Vigneault. And Terry, and I really don't know. He's been out of it for quite a while. Um, but th- I think we'll, these rumors are going to kick up soon. I think we could get somebody. I think there'll still be a player in free agency. And it's good that we're going to get some change. And, you know, I think they really – at first I didn't think they were going to buy out McDonald. Now I'm starting to think they might. So um, either way, I hope, he's, I hope he's either on the Phantoms or in the press box. But we'll see. Um so yeah, it should be really interesting. There's a lot of change coming with this team and you know, it's a lot of unknown, but it's we're I do feel like they're go they're picking the right safe direction and safe isn't always associated with good, but when you consider the talent we have on our team, it might be all we need to be good. So, and they're doing the right thing if they are going to be very defensive minded and protect their young stud goalie. That's going to go a super long way too. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, you, you mentioned change. What do you think about everything that went on with this uh, Kate Smith thing? I have two schools of thought. Um, 
there's my personal beliefs and there's the Flyers' beliefs. So I'll just say this. It really bothered me. I'm not, I'm white, so I don't know what it's like to be, you know, have people racist against me for no reason. I don't know what that feels like. Um, I just feel like we're going to start losing a lot of stuff because of the PC police. Bill Meltzer wrote a great article on this. And there's a Queen song out there that was a little iffy too. So all it takes is one person saying, hey, this is kind of messed up. What was he talking about here? Is he racist? And now there's no We Are the Champions. Now there's no We Will Rock You. I just, it, I see this happening. And we're, you and me, Jimmy, and we're going to start losing stuff and we didn't do anything out of songs that, like this Kate Smith song, like I heard it was satire. I don't know. It was a different time back then as well. You have to take that in consideration. Didn't a Jewish and a black guy write this song? I don't know. This is all the stuff that's coming out. Either way, Flyers did the right thing. Not that I believe what th- that this PC world is correct or not. I hate that because it's a lose-lose for them. They ha- it, they just had to do it. You know, it's just like, hey, this sucks. We They probably were like, this really sucks. We agree with you. But the world we live in today, this is what we have to do. And ultimately, they're right, because if they didn't do anything, we'd still be talking about it, like really talking about it. So we're, you and I are just kind of glossing over it. So it sucks, but I understand it from the Flyers PR perspective. What about you? Yes, I mean, for me, like, I understand. I understand, you know, why they, why they would do it just to – I mean, they, they made the decision – just to get it, you know, came into the news, now it's out of the news. You know what I mean? Right. You talked about it for maybe a week. People are pissed off about it for a week, and it goes away. For me, let me see here. I'm not – number one, let me just say this. Like, Kate Smith didn't – you know, she hasn't really helped the Flyers out for – what year are we in? 2019? That's a really good point, too. I'm hasn't sorry. We talked really about it on my vacation. 40 years. Yeah, that's we talked about. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but somebody brought that up on my recent vacation, and I, that I that I, I laughed out loud. I was like, "That's a really good point." Sorry, like, <laughs> come on, man! Like they won the cup like in the '70s. Like I, I get it, I get it. Like she was a she was a rock star like back then. But for me, like I only know Kate Smith off the friggin' video screen when she sings next to Lauren Hart. You know what I mean? So like honestly, I, I'm not upset one bit. But I can, like, I can understand if you grew up with the Flyers in the '70s and you grew up with Kate Smith, you know, that's it. Like, that's a, a core part of Flyers history that, you know, out of nowhere just becomes erased, you know, because of a song. I don't even know when the song was. Do you remember when the song came out? Like, the racist, the quote unquote racist one. Yeah. Oh, gee, it was like the. I want to say between the '20s, '30s, or the '40s. But right, I forget when. Right in that yeah. era. I, I was thinking the same thing, like maybe 30s, 40s, 50s. So I'm like, damn, like if, if somebody wrote a song, I mean, uh, you know, and I'm just trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes here. If somebody wrote a song about Italians, right, back in the 20s, and I'm sure they have, you know, I just haven't Googled them. You know what I'm saying? If somebody wrote a song back in the 20s, 30s, 40s about, you know, uh, Italians or even Americans, Honestly, I, my feelings wouldn't be hurt, you know. Uh, it w- doesn't affect me today. It won't affect me tomorrow. It didn't affect me yesterday. 
So, like, for, for someone to wake up one day and be like, yeah, you know what? This bothers me. Like, I'm going to go dig up Kate Smith. Oh, she wrote this song. Uh, I want it all erased. Like, okay, whatever. You know, how I am, if something bothers you and doesn't bother me, yeah, get rid of it. What do I care? But I can also understand how people are so upset because they grew up with that. They grew up with the Broad Street Boys. They grew up with Kate Smith. Now all of a sudden it's gone because of a song possibly, you know, 80, 90, 100 years ago. And it's not only that. So you have to consider the times they were in. Like it was a back then it was okay for the entire country. Like they were raised that way. They were, I don't think everybody was raised to be racist, but they were raised like it was okay to, to say these remarks and refer to people as such. And, you know, if she was at a hate rally like that, I'd understand, you know, but at the end of the day, Jimmy, I don't want to get too political. We are white males. Our opinions mean nothing when it comes to this. So, Mm-hmm. Might as well just eat it and move on. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it, it really. I'm I'm kind of surprised that when I did see this, I wasn't actually like upset. Like I really just didn't care. Well, I was a little aggravated, but I also wasn't surprised. In the world we live in now, this is just the beginning. We're gonna lose a lot more stuff. I just hope it's nothing that I really, really, really care about. Yeah, and you know what? Not to get all crazy, and we can change the topic in a minute, but. You know, I, I sometimes wonder if we're being slowly brainwashed with this kind of stuff. Like, oh, we'll take away this, then we'll take away that. Oh, not a big deal. And and I wonder if they want if they want us to feel like, oh, not a big deal. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? So then when they start to take away the big stuff, it's like, oh, not a big deal. Well, keep an and eye out for your freedom it. of speech. That could be next. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not kidding either. <laughs> we could go down that road all day, but let's try to we'll we'll keep this as a hockey podcast tonight, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want to talk about off-season targets? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's get off the political <laughs> spectrum here, and the, I'll bring up a few names just because they've been in the news lately. Uh, the first one that jumped out is, and I I can't remember who wrote it. I I know Eklund had said something, and nobody takes him seriously, but I think it was more than just him. He said a lot of teams, one of which was the uh, Maple Leafs, who can't afford him, so whatever, said that uh, Flyers were named among other teams that were interested in Tyler Myers. So this is a big hell no for me. I don't dislike Tyler Myers, but you consider the makeup of our defense, what it's going to cost to get him, why? You know, why? Just see what you have in Sammy Moran if you're going to go that route. The league nowadays, we need we need like an Eric Carlson. I'm not saying go spend everything you got to get Eric Carlson, but that style of defenseman is the way the league is going. Not Tyler Myers, and not at the cost it's going to take. I think it'd be incredibly short-sighted and stupid. So I don't know where this rumor is coming from, but I, I hate it. I truly hate it. But I'll ask you, what do you think of Tyler Myers? I don't understand it. Like, they're overstocked on defense. They have a guy like Sam Moran. He's, uh, he's younger. He's hungrier. Uh, he's been waiting for an opportunity. Give him the opportunity. Um, they're overstocked with defense. Uh, you got a guy like Gudis. I don't understand why they need a guy like Tyler Myers. He's, he's big. He's slow. Uh, he's over 30, I think. Uh, hasn't looked all that great with Winnipeg. What would he, what would he be? He would be a third-line guy. Um, I'm not sure who you'd pair him up with. Like he just doesn't fit. 
You can't put him with Gosses Bear because Gosses Bear, unless he's really going to be that stay-at-home guy, and and if he is, just use Moran. I and I, that's what I'm saying. Like you already have your version. Yeah, he's not a six million dollar player yet, but you did take a 13th, 13th overall pick on him, and then you had the guy for like five years now, going on six. Um, pick another target. Get somebody on offense. See what you have on defense or. Work the trade market. I, I, I hate that they're even involved if they truly are. But that was in the news, so it was worth bringing up. So mm-hmm. I think we're both in agreement we're on the big old hell no. Um, but I alluded to this earlier. What would you think of a Jared Spurgeon or uh, I think it's jo- Jonas Brodeen, the def- yep. couple of defensemen from the wild? Uh, I like both of those players. Um, obviously you're not getting Dumba and as good as Suter is, his contract's ridiculous. If they were to trade, I don't know what they would give up. If you woke up tomorrow and the Flyers had, uh, I think Zucker's a forward. So Spurgeon or, uh, Brodeen, how would you feel about that? I mean, and, and same thing kind of, cause I, I know a lot of guys, especially on, on Flyers Twitter are, are hot for Spurgeon. And, uh, I guess that's because of analytics because um, if if you look at his like his regular, you know maybe you I don't know what you want to call him now dummy statistics. I mean goals, assists, points like nothing really eye pops. Like he had his best year this past season. Uh, I want to say finished with like forty something points um, on a not so great wild team. Um, like where would he fit? Where do we need a, a Spurgeon at? Well, when it comes to defense, um, first off. It, it's a Fletcher thing. I think Fletcher drafted him. So, yeah, you know, but when you say analytics, did you read anything about Corsi or anything about the, anything like that? Cause nothing. Cor- uh, honestly, uh, I see a lot of the analytical guys talking up Spurgeon. That's why I assume. I assumed Corsi is a possession based statistic. I don't, I don't know how it's broken down. I just know that that's what it is. And, uh, there was a study when the Kings won the cups, their cups, they were they were like number one in the league on Corsi. So if your team has is good on possession, that means you have the puck all the time. That means you're, you know, you're probably going to win. It's like a football team always being on offense. So there is something to that. Um, however, I haven't seen him play a ton. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's pretty much what I think of Spurgeon. I'm not really sure where he would fit. Uh, apparently a lot of people on Flyers Twitter like him. I'm not really sure where it all came from, but you know what? What do you see in Spurgeon? What do do you want a guy like that? So to be honest with you, I'm kind of reading what people are saying and you know following that hype train because I haven't really seen him play. Um, I really I really heard about him a lot the second the Flyers hired Fletcher. And it was like, oh, this could be a guy he targets as one of his guys. And I heard he's a defenseman. He's young. Uh, 40 points is nothing to sneeze at for a, a defenseman, especially a young one. Um, and if you're saying the analytical people love him, that tells me that he's probably got good Corsi, which is a possession stat, which was big with the L.A. Kings back in when they had their cup run. Um, if you have the puck you're most likely to score much like a football team. If you're on offense all the time, you know, probably going to have more points than the other team. That's the idea behind Corsi. Um, so yeah, it's probably something around those lines. Um, and he might have the raw tools that can be molded when he becomes, when he gets older 
to develop into a pretty really damn good defenseman. But other than that, I'd really have to do a scouting report on the guy. I just keep seeing his name pop up. And recently, uh, Broden as well. Um, so besides Minnesota guys, or Fletcher guys, I should say, um, there could be Vigneault guys. Um, you know, Girardi pops up, another veteran defense, defenseman, which the Flyers do could use a veteran, a real veteran presence, not this BS McDonald crap. Uh, Anton Strollman's popped up. I don't know if both guys will reach free agency. I feel like one will. I also don't know who else will be out there or what they would cost. Um, I like the idea of them. I just – anything over one year, though, kind of scares me, and I don't know what they got left in the tank. But what do you think about a veteran like one of those guys, a Strawman or a Girardi? So, like – I think I don't know how much I would touch, and and I know you know everyone. We keep saying they need to add a veteran guy, top four guy. Like, there's nobody out there, and then you know as far as trades, uh, I'm okay. Maybe and I know I'm going to be in the minority here, but I'm okay with the Flyers' defense as is right now with Provorov, Ghost, um, Sandheim, Morin. Gudis and even Hague, and, and I'm missing one guy again. I always miss this guy. Did I say Sandheim? You say Myers? I missed Myers, see? Yeah. And, and, you know, people forget for whatever reason, because I guess maybe he only had a goal and assist in the 17, 18 games he played. He's going to be a stud. He's a six foot five stud. Like, what? I'm not sure where another defenseman would fit on this team. Um, and I'm willing to roll the dice with the same guys with different coaching. Um, I, I would love – if the Flyers make moves uh, and, you know, they start packaging some picks, prospects, they desperately, desperately need help on offense. Um, if they went and made a move for a top four defensive guy on defense, I'm fine with that. But someone else has to be moved. And – uh I, you know, for, I'm not sure where these are coming from and I'm not sure how true they are. Uh, but I think I saw Provorov's name come up in, it had to be a BS, you know, rumored article, but even that kind of stuff, you know, kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, I haven't seen anything on ghost as far as trade rumors, which is kind of weird to me, but I think, if they're going to acquire a top four uh, defensive D or if they're going to go out and get a guy like Spurgeon, uh, who I think is 29 or 30 and he, he's on the, he's got two more years left on his deal. I think about 5 million. Uh, they're going to have to move a guy like Asus Bear, I, I believe. Uh, I, I think moving a guy like Provorov, if, if, if there's any validity to these rumors at all, which I don't think there are, I think moving a guy like Provorov already uh, is a mistake. And then you have a guy like Sandheim. Um, you know, if we're talking about course, yeah, I'm not sure what Gosser Spares is, but it can't be, at least for last year, it can't be all that great. Uh, for our next show, I'm, I'll make sure I have that, those stats. Now I'm interested to see. Um, but I, I do think I'm okay with the Flyers' defensive core as is. Um you know, if they need to make a move during the middle of the season, you know, if they're not, if Gosses Bear's not cutting it, then that's fine on load. 
But I think that they should really, you know, they got the defensive coaches in. Maybe they get a defensive system. Go out and get an offensive player or two now. Ideally for me, if they could get a 2C and some kind of a sniper, I think this team could be extremely dangerous next year. You know, just looking at it, hearing you say Spurgeon was 29, I think I confused his age with Brodin or Brodin. Um, oh, yeah. In which case, in which case, that makes me want him even less. If he was a younger guy who could be molded, that's one thing. If this is who he is, you better not be giving up anything significant for him. Um, I think a couple of teams hosed Minnesota in trades, like the Nito Nita Rider trade, like Carolina mm-hmm. just destroyed them in that trade. Um, maybe they think you can get him cheap. I'd be okay with that. But I'm trying to put in my mind the pieces on defense if you either bench McDonald or send it to the Phantoms. So then you got Ghost Provorov, Sandheim, Myers, Gudis, Hag, Moran, right? Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. You name seven guys because I think they have seven or eight freaking guys. Right. And then, you know, McDonald would be eight. Um, so he say he goes to the Phantoms. Yeah, you'd have to move. I could see them moving Hag or even Ghost, in depending on the deal. And then I wouldn't necessarily, if they go kind of cheap on defense, adding a guy like if Spurgeon, if you can get him, that'd be great. But um, Girardi or somebody like that on a one and splitting time with him and somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be against that. Uh, I, I'd rather see them do something else because well, well, I like their defensive core too. We waited so damn long for them to come up and start playing and get together. And now they're finally yeah, all here. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about the Provorov rumors. That's probably speculation because his his contract's up. He's still a restricted free agent. Um, so, you know, there, it, it, a lot of this, these rumors come out if the two sides are apart, start hearing, well, maybe they'll just trade him. You know, and they haven't even really started talking yet. So I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Uh, there are a lot of ridiculous rumors out now. This is the silly season of that. The most ridiculous one I've seen so far, (laughs) uh, there were two. Uh, One of them was Kopitar for Giroux. That makes no sense. (sighs) It makes no sense for either team. Like, we're going to get have two Couturiers when we need a winger. You know what I mean? We need more of a winger, so Giroux makes more sense for us. He's our captain. He's the lifeblood of our team. We're going to trade him for Kopitar. No. Why would L.A. take – isn't Giroux older than Kopitar? They're a rebuilding team. Why would they trade for an older player? It makes no sense. Not to mention he is the lifeblood of their team, Kopitar. You know, it makes no sense. But even worse than that was um, Nashville needs to uh, shed some salary. So they're going to give us Ryan Johansson for Sean Couturier. We're going to (laughs) trade a center for a center. uh, Arguably, and I I believe Couturier is the better center, and he's making less money and he's younger. So why why would we do that trade? I don't know. I don't know. That was one of the the most – I wasted like – Two minutes of my life reading that. I, I I kept looking for the April Fools or the JK or the Arnai is ridiculous. Some of these, I think somebody actually thought that was a thing, and I don't know if they're just a Nashville homer or what, but that was ridiculous. So look alive for those deals for sure, or those uh, rumors, I should say. Hey, you mentioned you mentioned Nashville. I think it was Sam Carkiti that either wrote the article or, or uh, posted it, uh, and it actually I, I'm not I. Too bad for Voracek and Robert Hague. What are your thoughts there? 
Well, okay. I was going to bring that up. I thought it was just PK for Voracek. That being said, the money, um, I don't mind trading Hag at all. I don't mind getting rid of Voracek. Um, I, yeah, I, honestly, I, I think I do that. <laughs> I think I do that and I don't look back. You know what I mean? I mean, you have an opportunity to get out of Vortex contract. A lot of people like to say he's still good because he picked it up second half of the season. Point is, he's making only 250000 less than Giroux, and the difference in talent is ridiculous. I, I just He's not the player I thought he was, and I think he's only going to get worse. He has pretty much almost every year. He's just not the same guy. He gets easily agitated. He's making a shitload of money, and people are already talking about this contract being on like unmovable. Like, for how old he is, nothing should be unmovable. It's ridiculous. And you're going to tell me we're going to get a dynamic player such as P.K. Supan who would thrive in Philly, at least with the fans? I, I do that. Trade. I love Subban. Yeah, I do that. I do, And the money's not too bad. He, he, I think he's making nine-something. So he's one of my top five favorite uh, non-Flyers players in the league. So I'm saying, you trade Hag and Voracek, you get Supan, you get out of Vortex contract, and you probably save a little bit of money on the cap. Now you can go yeah. balls to the wall on a forward. <laughs> yeah. Not and he's, he's, he's not Eric Carlson. I mean, he's, he's up there, um, you know, but, you know, you create another spot on offense. And, and I, I'm for the trade, by the way. So, I mean, you add Subban, you got Provorov, you got Sanheim. If, I guess if Ghost is still around, there's four guys there. Now you got Myers. And then uh, I guess for the last spot, it's, it's Moran. Uh, and I don't even want to say McDonald, but oh, Gudis is still around. So I mean, you so you've solidified your defense like big time. Like that's a pretty outstanding defense. Um, after that, though, like now you have an actual legit hole on offense. Like you're missing all of right wing. Like who's who's left on the right wing for the Flyers if you move Orchek? Um, so that I mean, they would have to bring guys up. I mean. I, I'd if, hope they, if they were to do that trade, I'd hope they'd, they, they'd be in free agency at that point. I think there's plenty of wingers or yeah. centers and they could fill the void. Uh, they'd have the money, you know, that's for sure. So maybe yeah. it's time for people to step up. I mean, Vorchek was, a, you know, we traded Richards and Carter and we said, oh, shit, we don't have we have voids. Well, you know, guys stepped up and that's where Vorchek and Simmons came from, you know, and Coots, we got a first round pick that we signed, we uh, picked Coots, and he made the team out of camp. Like, sometimes the guys you draft, you got to see him. You got Morgan Frost knocking on the door. Radcliffe's playing well. Farabee's playing well. Um, the, there's several other guys as well. They're all not you – know, Rubstoff is coming back. There's free agents. There's, you can fill that void. I'm not worried about that. It's He doesn't do enough for me where I, I can't live without Voracek. Yeah, that'd be it'd be a really interesting scenario. I mean, I'd like to see that trade go through, and then what would be really interesting is to see what they would do afterwards. You know, do they end up moving a guy like Gossas Bear for a guy on offense, or you know, they would absolutely have to do something. I mean, they put everything in play, like they put the coaching staff in place. Um, you trade for a guy like Subban, you're absolutely, I think, in in win now mode. If you're trading a guy like Voracek for a guy like Subban. Then it's like, okay, well, what next here? Like, you're going to, you know, are you you're going to bring up the young guys? Or, you're, you know, you're going to continue this um this trend of, you know, putting a, a legit roster together. I think they would 
I think they would aim big in free agency. And if they struck out, they would explore the trade market. And, and you know, they might end up signing a guy like Eberle short term and then see him bringing up the kids and seeing if they can eventually take over the spot. I and mean, that's kind of the idea. You had all these draft picks. You got all these guys playing well. You know, like they're going to have to come up eventually. So, meanwhile. Yeah, that's a good point right there. And I wouldn't even be mad at that. But I mean, I mean, Eberle scored some decent goals in the in the, in the playoffs. I think he's an okay player. Um, like a lot of guys in this league, though, he needs somebody like a Giroux and, and Couturier to play with. Um, but I, I think he would score some goals with this team. And, and I'd be okay with him for a couple, you know, when I say a couple, I mean two, three years until some of these guys start coming up. Um, and then he doesn't have to be a first-line player. Maybe he's a second or third-line guy by that point. But, um yeah, I mean, if they move a guy like Voracek, I know he only had 65 points, and, you know, he would show up, you know, one one every four or five games, but, you know, they definitely they definitely have a spot to, to replace there. Well, yeah, I mean, until this year, Sapan had a, a little bit of a down year. Before that, he was like a top, pretty damn close to a top five defenseman. And, you know, people say Voracek's one of the best wingers in the game. There are, there's not a whole lot of wingers. There's a lot of centers, you know, or right wingers, I believe. You know, there's a lot, it's not a whole lot out there. You look at the list of right wingers and where he is on the list, it's like, well, there's not a whole lot there. Uh, when you look at defensemen, there's oodles of defensemen in this league, and Sapan was, at the very least, top 10. You know, so like trading, a, and I still think he has the ability for sure, a top 10 caliber guy at a position that is filled with talent compared to a mediocre position that's you're just winning on that trade like (laughs) hey you know he's not going to take any shit either he's i think he's he's a leader guy he's an energy guy i thought two things i believe this team lacks um and i think he'll push he'll be a fan favorite and uh you know he might bring fan more fans to the game like P.K. Subban is a guy that I would want to go watch. He was a guy that I would pay to see. Uh, I appreciate the way he plays. He plays physical. He scores. Um, and he's, he's a leader. He's a tough guy. He's, you're not going to – you're not going to – I don't want to say this. You're not going to make him look bad. You know, he's going to make you look bad. You know what I mean? He's an alpha player, and that, that's what this team lacks. You know, they brought in some, some alpha coaches – I mean, what's next? You know, they're not going to – these coaches are not going to coach a bunch of crybabies. They're going to want uh, like-minded players on the roster. Yeah, I think I think with him there's always going to be more good than there is bad, and you have the – should have the talent and the system to make up for any of those mistakes. And to be honest, his, um, his Norris Trophy season came with Michelle Tarion as his head coach. So there's that as well. There you go. Good point there. I mean that's that's a rumor we could start we could start that up. Oh, former player PK Subban. I'm saying you know, and I we know the Flyers organization <laughs> likes him because they were trying to get him back when Montreal was reeling. You know, when they before he really broke out, and they were talking about trading him. Flyers were the team yeah, in hot pursuit, just never came to fruition. They should have. So. so I think we're we're closing in uh, on an hour here. I mean, what else you you want to add in anything else tonight? Oh, well, we'll just add a little news. Uh, Radcliffe uh, in the finals for his uh, ju- uh, was it uh, juniors. I, he's in the OHL or WHL. I'm not sure. It's not the Memorial Cup yet, but he is in the finals against a tough team. They're like the comeback kids down there. 
They go down 3-1, 3-0 in a series and come back. They've done it twice already, and now they're in the finals, and they're down 0-2. Uh, Radcliffe, uh, he's got some points, man. He's looking really good. Um, and on top of that, uh, Ustamenko, uh, the Russian goalie, a former two, uh, 2017 third-round pick, signed his entry-level deal with the Flyers. This guy, this really, you know, a very unknown goalie really made himself known, man. Like, I think he's, yeah, playing, um, I don't know if he's in the KHL or some development league. I'm really not sure. But he had a record of 30-12-3. His goals against average was 1.78. His save percentage was 0.927. I mean, those are legitimate stats, especially that record, 30-12-3. Shit. I mean, his goals against average is under two. Like, I know it's not a superior league, but for a third-round pick, where we're trying to replenish the goalie, uh, goalie stock, you know, I'll take that all day long. This kid could be with the Phantoms next year. I want to see that. So, hey, they're gonna have a stud tandem in, in Sandstrom and, and Ustamenko next That's year. That's what I'm saying. You, know, you still got uh, Alex Lyon hanging around. Uh, it's still got <laughs> other guys in the system. Um, you know, I, you know, they're going to have to make some trades soon. You have the guys here be some sweeteners to make some things happen. Like, let's go. Hell yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a pretty critical off season. It should be well, fun. That's what it is. It's, you know, it's I, definitely critical when you see all the moves they made in coaching. It's like, okay, great. Dandy. You still, you have to have to do something with the players. You have to. And yep, now focus shifts to the roster. Exactly. And, um, kind of gets you excited, a little bit nervous, like, Fan favorites of yours might be gone. I don't think Giroux will be gone or anything, but Ghost, he could be gone. Hag could be gone. Um, shit, Voracek could be gone. I really don't know. It's should be really interesting what Fletcher does here. Um, I just hope he doesn't get taken to the cleaners in a trade. That, that'll scare me. <laughs> I think we're all expecting that, but we'll see. Hopefully it, not. I didn't think it was really possible until I saw what Peter Shirelli did in Edmonton. And now <laughs> it's like now anything's possible. <laughs> Well, Wells Fargo will burn to the ground if that happens here. That's why. That's why I'm nervous, man. I don't want to see that day. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, what else? Do you got anything else? We'll wrap this one up. Uh, I think that'll do it for uh, for this episode of uh, High and Wide Radio. <laughs> you said that so nice. What can I say? All right. So, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna switch our shows to Tuesdays, guys. Um, a little bit more convenient for us, hopefully more convenient for you. Um, you can check us out. We still have a website, fhwradio.com. Uh, you can you can find the podcast that way, um, or or you can just log on to Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on all you know all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on. Um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Jim HW Radio. Uh, Jack, go ahead, get yours out there. Hey man, Jack underscore HW Radio. I'm. Uh... Picking up the Twitter game, getting chatty on there. Got a couple of followers we talked to recently, getting some nice conversations. Jimmy, you're pretty good at that as well. So let's, if you don't listen to the podcast, let's talk some flyers and uh, maybe you will listen to the podcast. Let's do it. Yeah, let's talk, guys. Let's talk. Um, so, yeah, we'll wrap this one up and we'll be back next Tuesday, Jack and myself. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe we won't. Either way, make sure you listen. And uh, yeah, we'll talk next week. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk soon.